three, two, one. Welcome, listeners, back to the Cape Town Podcast. We are finally back after a few months. It's been a while, Otis. <laughs> How's it going? It's been a long while. Uh, you know, just real busy with life and everything, and uh, it's it's nice to get back and gather around the table. Yeah, yeah. We have a special guest for you today um, to round out. I think this is going to be for our final season. Yeah. Um, we have Jeff Lund today. Can Hi, introduce thanks yourself. For, thanks yeah. for having me on here, Jeff Lund. Grew up on Prince of Wales. Now I live in Ketchikan, teach at the high school, and some freelance writing on the side, and also a, a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's why I kind of reached out to you. Uh, we had a kind of idea. I was like, hey, there's this guy that does a podcaster in Ketchikan. Uh, there's not a ton of podcasters here. And I think Matt Hamilton actually plugged your name, too. Okay, so yeah, uh, cool. uh, he, we was like, that's got we got to get him on the show. So, yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's start out. So I know you're an avid uh, outdoorsman. So uh, maybe you can just, uh, for the listeners, uh, just explain that and uh, what, what got you interested in that. Well, you grew up on Prince of Wales. you got to be self-sufficient. So, uh, you know, no mall, no anything else. Like, I grew up coming over here to the mall in Ketchikan. We loved that. Yeah. Oh, it's two stories, man. This place mm-hmm. is great. Got an escalator. <laughs> so I um, did a lot of stuff outside. And then, um, you know, during the summers, a lot of fishing. And then um, I did teach high school in California and came home every summer. Oh, cool. And just really enjoyed coming back and just being wild and just being away from all the, the traffic and the craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got a degree in journalism. So I, it was initially sports writing. And then um, I just kind of liked the outdoor writing thing. And it was just started writing a column in 2009. And yeah, you write for a few mag- like outdoorsman magazines, right? Yeah, like sportsman yeah. magazines. Um, I write a column twice a month for the Juno Empire. Oh, nice. And then I've written for Alaska um, – Fish Alaska Magazine, Hunt Alaska Magazine, Western Hunting, so some of the smaller mm-hmm. magazines. But, yeah, it's kind of nice to have a side gig, something else to yeah. put the put the major to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what uh, made you decide to go into teaching? Really teaching? Um, second semester, senior year of college, when I thought, do I really want to cover high school athletics for <laughs> – you know, $18,000 a year, whatever it was. You know, I went to the University of Arizona, and I was covering the men's basketball team there because that was the college paper that I was covering. I was like, this is great, this is fun, but you don't get to start doing that right out of college. Right. You know, you got to work your way up. And so I thought, man, do I really want to yeah. do all that traveling? And do I want to – it was fun at the time, you know, going to the NCAA tournament and covering that, sitting on press row, it's great, but there was going to be that gap between, like, being 22 and then yeah. at whatever point I could do that again. So Yeah, you don't realize how much journalists – don't make much money unless you're working for like I don't know the Washington Examiner or yeah. something like that. You know, it's like I know some guys that work at the Ketchikan Daily News, and it's just it's a hobby more so than anything. Yeah, a little bit of a penance to you know to survive. You, you gotta have it, and if you love to write, then it makes it. You, it's different. You know, you get to write stories, and you get to be a part of the paper, and it's 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 really great. But you know, that's a long career. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and so um, I wanted to work at a, in a college or university sports information. Mm-hmm. And so I was applying to colleges to work in there. They wanted me to intern. I was like, well, I, I interned when I was in, in college. Like, I, I need a job now. Mm-hmm. And so a buddy of mine said, hey, dude, get a, you know, start subbing or something like that. You know, we can be roommates up in California. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right. Got a teaching degree on an emergency credential. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? Yeah. So I started teaching um, sophomore English and PE uh-huh. at a high school of uh, 1,800 in oh California. my god! Yeah, like, what am I doing? This is insane. <laughs> Alaskan boy stuck in California. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I ended up liking it. You know, it's just yeah. it's also different, but you yeah. feel like there's a there's a purpose to. What Were you doing. into like outdoor stuff when you went down there teaching and stuff like hunting and? All uh, that? Not hunting because it was scary. Oh, scary! Um, 
I ended up hunting my fifth or sixth year there, and I drew a tag in a spot that had 30,000 tags. Oh, my God. And the success rate was like 4%. Yeah. And it was a lot of private land. So, I mean, it was crazy. You'd hike around a little bit. Everybody's in Hunter Orange, but yeah. there's people everywhere. Scary mean like you might shoot somebody on accident? Yeah, it was, or... like, uh, it was like hunting Gravina, but like times 15 or so. The whole it was just... community catch a can yeah. on one day. Except there were no deer. You know, there's like one scared doe running around. So. Uh, and I picked up fly fishing down there because the regulations yeah. vary from river to river, even stretches of river. And so yeah. if I was fly fishing, that meant that I could probably fish legally wherever I was going to be. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just went on a trip, didn't you? I saw on your Instagram. Where did um, you, you go hunting at? This last week I was up for spent spring break in uh, Fairbanks hunting oh, nice. caribou. And, uh, that was That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. If you would have asked me at the airport if I wanted 30 below or 30 above, yeah. I'd be like, 30 above, of course. Yeah. When, <laughs> I, when I, I went to college in Anchorage, and I, I noticed when it dropped from, like, zero to, like, negative 20, it's a noticeable. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it knocks it back up to, like, one or two degrees from negative 20, it's, like, peeling off shirts. I'm <laughs> like, man, it's really hot. <laughs> yeah, my buddies, that they were, you know, used to it. They lived there. And so, man, I was I had layers and layers and layers, and then my hands were sweating. We had took snow machines out and yeah. had the hand warmers, and so my hands were sweating. But I wasn't sure if, you know, if I take my hand out of the glove to put it on the rifle, is I going to freeze the rifle? Like, you know, what stupid thing might happen? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, ended up being pretty fun. You know, yeah. Put about 70 miles on the snow machines to find some caribou and did. And, yeah, you shot one. You got one down, so it was cool. Yeah. So. Was that your first one? Yeah. Yeah. What, um, they're like... Are they like roamers? I mean, they're on your shoot in open fields. They're not in woods or anything like that, right? No, there was kind of some rolling hills and then some forests, kind of like forest. Down here, it's it's a lot more extreme because it rises up from the ocean. Yeah. Whereas up there, it's more of gentle rolling, and then it just yeah. explodes up into the in the Brooks Range or the Alaska Range or whatever. So, yeah. um, you just kind of go up and over these smooth undulations, and mm-hmm. then down in there, there's some wooded area. But for the most part, they're up on top because yeah. the wind would sweep most of the snow away, so they could get around a lot easier there than down where the snow is deep. I see, yeah. And they could find, you know, some things, to, the lichen to... I'm just going to say eat. they only eat, like, little moss, right? Lichen. Yeah, like the lichen stuff. That's so incredible. That yeah. They... So the only the only areas that the herd was were on top of these hills, so it was kind of bad for them. They couldn't really... <laughs> right. They stood out pretty good. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, you're not much of a hunter, are you, Isaiah? No, not yeah. not necessarily. I mean, I, I, respect the, I respect the sport. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty sweet uh, i just never really got into it myself but you do fit you do fish right um i did i, I commercial fished for a few summers in college um other than that i mean get out and sport Make fish right now and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a good it was a good time uh, it's hard work but yeah. it was it was a good time yeah, I don't think I could ever do that. I mean, I worked for fishing game, you know, for four years. I was a sampler, and watching those fishermen, I'm like, you know, God help you. It's like, yeah, it's a different thing. Anybody you can make zero dollars, or you can make thirty thousand dollars. Know? Yeah, but it says that you're not Alaskan if you don't hunt. If you commercial fish, like that's something else. <laughs> or if you play basketball in Southeast, yeah, yeah like, oh it. yeah, you're legit. Yeah, yeah, I saw that New York Times did like a piece on our on a football team that went all the way up to Barrow, or, you know, Utjagvik now. Um, Oh really? Uh, yeah, it's pretty this. incredible. And how we have to travel far, you know, far distances. Yeah. Just can't hop in a bus and go somewhere. That was to kind of change yeah. topics, but yeah. keep it on the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I started the podcast because there's so many people down south who want to tell our story for us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the New York Times writing this article about 
our football team traveling. Yeah. So why didn't you ask someone around here? Right? You know, <laughs> email the Catch Can Daily News and say, yeah. hey, you know, we're interested in this. Can one of your reporters write an article about this? Yeah. Um, you know, podcast. You know, everyone comes up to Alaska, fishes, hunts, whatever. Yeah. And then goes back down and tells the podcast to, you know, their people down there. Magazines, stuff. Same thing. So, yeah. Dude, I'm going to start a podcast and talk about I live here year-round. This is this is what it's like. Yeah. This is the real the real deal. The real deal. Is that what you guys uh, had in mind when you started? Um, yeah, it was more like um, kind of like a we, we kind of our our theory of it is to just provide like a platform for whoever you know, let them get their word out, mm-hmm. whatever they got to say. Uh, it it kind of reminds me when we were, when we had Matt Hamilton on. I mean, we literally just pressed record and he just <laughs> went. He, <laughs> yep, he took off and it was awesome. And we you know we were just sitting there like yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. It was like and just eating ice cream man. Yeah. It was great. And so you know it's just just something just a platform for people to to uh, you know get their word out and for people to listen to it. Yeah. So well, I think the best podcasts do work like that. If you have a host. Unless they're doing a solo show, of course. Yeah. But if you have a host who just wants to hear themselves talk, it doesn't work. No, not you at have all. a guest for a specific reason, so just ask the question, get out of the way, rather than try to, yeah, you know, speak over them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that that's a good journalistic approach. Yeah, just ask the question, and let the let the guest do the talking. Yeah, we had like um, we kind of do like an interview. I would consider this one kind of an interview ish, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we sometimes we just have friends sitting around drinking yeah. whiskey and beer, and <laughs> bullshitting. And yeah, we usually call it around the table and just yeah, just bullshit. You know, yeah. like that episode with uh, with Juan and Nick. And yeah, we literally went to my kitchen table with some friends and just drank whiskey and just had the stupidest but funniest conversation. <laughs> but we want to do a serious blend of, you know, a blend of seriousness and funny. You know? Yeah. Well, I think if you, if you're one specific thing, you really paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. Right. You're only going to talk about like mule deer hunting. You're only going to talk about salmon fishing. You're only going to yeah. talk about art or whatever. Then that's all you talk about. So right. like you, so you can do whatever you want. You can do it here in the second story of a hotel room. You can yeah. do it around a kitchen. You can do it in fishing. Yeah. Talk about... Yeah, we've been thinking yeah. about doing a live session at a bar, to be honest. From, from the shuffleboard table? Yeah. 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 Or behind at the totem, we were thinking, but I think the music might be too, might drown out some of the... Yeah, you need some really good equipment. This stuff is much better than mine, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah it's nice. That's pretty nice, because you can go anywhere. We're thinking, like, uh, just thinking outside the box, like, going hiking with this, go up on top of a mountain. Yeah. Plus, yeah. press record, because there's, like, a little mic that sticks out, and you can just... Yeah, pass it around. You don't have to have this set up here. So. Yeah, I did one on on a mountain, um, and you could hear a little bit of the wind in the background, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then I tried to do one on the way back down from Dude Mountain. I just put my phone down on the center console. My buddy and I, as mm-hmm. we were driving back to, but it just picked up every little like, jostle. <laughs> oh. and I was like, man, it's such a great episode, such great stuff. And I went to listen to it. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I think this one is probably just as sensitive as a phone recorder. It's really sensitive. So. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have some stinkers, too. That's the thing. When yeah. I first started off, people were saying, you know, episode 100 is going to be way better than episode one. Yeah. But you have to get there. Get there. Right. You know, if yeah. you get to five, you're like, oh, you know, or, you know, you take a break, then yeah. you just got to keep with it. Yeah. Some are going to be better than, other, better than others. Yeah. But Yeah, you know, for us, it's just there. scheduling times out of our busy lives. You know, yeah. Isaiah has a busy life, and I do, too, and it's just... Like this, just scheduling down. You leave Hawaii tomorrow, so yeah. <laughs> I was like, we got to do it before you leave because yeah, we're just gonna postpone it longer. So what's on the Hawaii schedule, and are you taking this stuff to do a podcast? You know, actually, I was thinking about it because uh, who's going with uh, Nick Wicker? Oh, oh so boy. today's actually his birthday. Yeah. So uh, we we talked about going to Hawaii 
a long time ago because we went. I think it was probably like two and a half years ago. We we randomly met up in in uh, Maui, so we're just gonna go back and hang out for a few days. And I got a week off from Alaska Airlines for my vacation, so I'm just like I'm just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know Nick Wicker, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's working for the uh, kelp farm over in uh, Craig. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I heard. Um, I don't know whose podcast. I think it was Tonga's talk. Oh, uh, them on is super interesting. It was. Yeah. Uh, I want to go check it out. I don't know how you tour. I know it's kind of out in the bumfuck nowhere, but <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, yeah. Super cool. You know, some of that cutting edge stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a new industry here that oh, yeah, has sure. huge potential. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's our it's our idea of farming. Yeah, you know? uh, that's you, you know, know have land. We have oceans. That innovation, yeah. you know, people have ideas. Yeah, if you can uh, meet them with the correct uh, backers. Yeah, you know, and give them some space and yeah, let them figure it out. Yeah, it's so new. I, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like, permitting and regulation right now. They're trying to they're kind of stumbling over themselves to put all that framework together. Mm-hmm. It seems you know to have a good product. Yeah. A lot of people then benefit from the work they're doing now. Oh, absolutely. Make yeah. it easier, pave the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about your book. We can. Mm. Um, you you just finished it, right? It's being finished sold. it. Yeah. Um, it's available for pre-order on Kindle mm-hmm. right now on uh, Amazon, and then it'll uh, the paperback will be out on the eighth of April. Sweet. So. What's the what's like the gist of it? Uh, I'm going to read the book, Otis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do a writing project for again that kind of local. Yeah. perspective. So I was going to write 5,000 words per month for an entire year, mm-hmm. just about what's going on in Ketchikan. That's you got awesome. the black ice in January, and then you got the late snowstorms in March, but, you know, fishing and hunting and so it's specifically about southeast? Yeah. Okay. Um, in this area? Here? Generally southeast, specifically Ketchikan. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. But then, you know, with COVID and everything, it ended up being a little bit more... Yeah. And some, what's the title of the book? A Miserable Paradise. Okay, Miserable Paradise. Which if you live here, you're like, yeah, man, this place is great. I can understand that. It also sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's 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 outdoors, hunting, fishing, yeah. hiking, but then there's kind of, there's a little bit about being a teacher during a pandemic and yeah, yeah. some of those sort of things and just weird. And I didn't go back and, and edit with hindsight. Yeah. So when I go back and I look at what I was like thinking in March and April, yeah. I'm like, oh. Well, I was right on, or like, yeah, I didn't call that one right, but, yeah. you know, just to kind of keep the integrity of it, and, right. you know, like, we didn't really know what was going on in March and April. Yeah, it was that's like true. Weird. That is so, true. Um, I guess from the interest perspective, I was glad that it was 2020 and everything happened, because it mm-hmm. makes the book more interesting, but obviously, you know, had I had the choice, I'd prefer not to have a pandemic. Yeah. Like that sucked. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know so some I, people I that have written books, and it seems like a long, long process. Like you said, you just got to keep, you got to keep at it. Like yeah. every day, just like set yourself markers to do. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about writing about your own life is that if someone doesn't like the book or thinks it's boring, it's yeah. like, how do you not feel like it's your life is boring, right? Yeah. It's like an indictment of, of your life. So, um, but that's, yeah, you know, the writing process, you got to get over that. And anything that you do that you create, uh, Matt, when I had Matt on the, on the podcast, he was talking about that too, about, once he gave himself permission to be an artist and called himself an artist, that made a big difference. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I'm sketching and these are cool, but, you know, are they good enough to sell? Mm-hmm. Once he was like, you know what, I'm, st- I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to sell this stuff. I am an artist. And you claim that doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're still going to have, you know, dealings with insecurity or imposter yeah. syndrome. But, yeah. you know, like 
give yourself permission, get after it. And get yeah, he's it. a very humble guy. And oh, yeah. I can see when he was talking on the podcast about how he had to overcome kind of like the arrogance of your artwork being out there, people wearing it, you know, like you don't yeah. want to be too gay. Like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist, you know, yeah. and just like the self hurdles you have to get over. That. Yeah, yeah. There's that there's that balance of being so arrogant that, you know, people are reading my words or people <laughs> are wearing my shirt versus am I really good enough? Like, yeah. Or, so it's a, it's a balance there. Yeah, yeah. I remember him saying that he had to, he saw his artwork like at the um, arts fair. Someone else, you know, was helping sell it and stuff. He's like, I'm, I'm a legit artist. I mean, when you write your columns for these magazines, do you... Is it is it a, a surreal experience? Like I'm a legitimate writer now, or like, how do you? You gotta get it? your your like your head in the right, yeah, like ready to play. You know, like mm-hmm. get yourself in that mentality. Like I, I'm it the is. Shit. I'm gonna it, write something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's part of it. You know, what's you gotta have an audience and purpose. Who am I talking to? And what am I trying to say? Right. And there are times where I I'll read stuff like this doesn't make any sense. Like what the heck am I trying to say? Like what's the point of this? Right. Um, and then if when they accept it, I'm like, well, they accepted it. And then I think I reread it afterwards. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> so I'm excited, and then you get paid, but you almost hope that, like, no one reads it. So, like, no one – Flipping through a magazine. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one can be like, dude, actually, I hated your article. I can't believe you got paid for that. It's like – so it, it, it's weird, but you yeah. know, you're excited, but – Have you had anybody, like, contact you through your articles? Like, oh, this is so amazing and, like, want more information from you or – like I wrote, how, how widely distributed is the magazine? It's I guess, so. super random. When I, I wrote for Alaska Magazine, and I got a handwritten letter from a dude in prison in California. <laughs> I was like, "This is insane." Yeah, but cool. it was it was about uh, humbling, though, right? I mean, it was <laughs> just weird. <laughs> yeah, but it was humbling. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, first, my question was, like, "How did this guy in in, in the prison get in, in California get the magazine?" But yeah. I guess he'd been up there. And there's an article about the, the kids who cut the fish mm-hmm. and how they have a story. You know, when it just comes up and they, they catch their fish and then yeah. they take the hero shots and they go to dinner. And it's the kids that's cutting the fish. Yeah. Oh, so like at a resort, you mean? It was like, the Firewood Lodge. The Firewood Lodge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the local kid who lives there, grows up there, is making money for college, but not a lot of people care to ask them questions yeah. about what their life is He's like. He's on the shack on the dock yeah. all night yeah. cutting fish. <laughs> so I wrote about that and... It resonated with that guy, and he wrote the letter because he'd been up here before, and he was like, yeah, I was always curious about, you know, who takes care of my fish after yeah. after I catch it. So, um, but, yeah, that was the only, yeah. yeah. And then I'll get you know, some Instagram or, or Facebook messages. People like the stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, from all over sometimes, like random Massachusetts or something like that. So, <laughs> what, how, how did you get that? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, as a business owner, Isaiah is a recently new business owner. Uh, maybe you can. We haven't talked about that on the podcast. Maybe you yeah, can. What's, uh, what's the business? Um, so I I just launched my app for uh, K Town Delivery. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard about that in my journalism class. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I you did got the kids. You got the Wait, kids. Wait, whoa! Is it, yeah, I, I didn't, this is news to me. <laughs> I, um, I try to keep. I don't know. I, I try to like. Yes, it's it it is me, but I also don't like I, I don't know I don't really like that lo- that like spotlight on oh, it. Gotcha. So I'm like you know we're all like I kind of do that with my drivers too. Where I'm not your boss, you know we're yeah. we're all just delivering the goods, man. Yeah. We're just out here chilling. That's yeah. kind of my mentality <laughs> with the whole thing. I mean it, it's it's pretty fun. It's been real busy lately too. So it's uh i mean a lot a lot of room to grow. I'm learning a lot of a lot about uh, newer technology and everything. And, mm-hmm. It's crazy what they can do, you know, just to kind of tie it back into what we were just talking about with 
you're getting like Massachusetts people listening. Uh, a lot of these, like, like when we put ours on Spotify, they've got good platforms for like analytics. Mm-hmm. Shoot, uh, there's people in like I saw one from Hong Kong that listened to us. Um, <laughs> really? Some of the Philippines, yeah. like just it just random countries, yeah. you know. And it, it's kind of cool that that people are out. I mean, yeah, they at least press play on our podcast. Yeah. So you know it. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff we talk about pertains to catch can, but I think that it can be applicable to you know any anywhere really. I mean, you know, like your your book that could be done in a in a in a suburb of Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody could write their perspective of that, and I think that being able to and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to like join Otis with this podcast is everybody has like a a super different perspective on on life. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of cliche. You know, I see the world one way and Otis sees it another way. But if we can, like, share those experiences and, uh, you know, learn from it and whatnot, I think that, you know, just you, you kind of just see more more to life than than the average guy, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, everybody has a story. And yeah. Everybody's story is worth telling, right? It, like you said, it's kind of cheesy and cliche, but it's true oh, yeah. if you believe that. it's. Um, and I think there's part of that providing something of value – that can resonate with people that don't have to live in catch cans. Right. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rain here. It's not an island, but I get it because I'm from here and there's something that you can relate to. And right. I think that, that helps with connection. So in the same way that social media is just pushing everybody and driving everybody apart, depending on who you listen to and watch and, and expose yourself to, you can, yeah. you can actually feel more connected to, to positive people that, that are telling good stories. And that's that, I think that's like a, uh, that's a part of social media that, that some people just overlook, you know. Um, I think social media kind of got a bad rep when, I don't know, especially when I was going through college, it's kind of like one of those, it, I, I like this word, it's it's called like a thirst trap. You ever heard of that? It's, it's like when, it's like when somebody will post a, like a photo, like, you know, just trying to, just trying to get interest from people. Oh, okay. You know, it could be a female or a male, you know. They're just sending out that trap, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you use it like that, yeah. I don't know how, how well it can be, but, you know, like you were saying, to connect with real people, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it has its benefits. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, using your business as a thirst trap. Is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's marketing. Don't put, marketing. Don't, put marketing. don't put words in my mouth, Otis. <laughs> thirst trap. Yeah. K-Town delivery. Yeah. When did you realize that, I mean, I would consider your business now a legitimate business. It's it's grown in popularity. When when was that marker, like we were talking about him and his magazine articles and Matt Hamilton and his artwork, when uh, did it become like a... Aha moment, you know. Um, well, moment. I definitely would say 2021. I kind of, I remember I was, uh, I was drinking a beer on New Year's after <laughs> Good work. Good time to be drinking. Yeah, beer. I mean, I you know I had to work all day, uh, yeah. so I got off work and everybody was already out, and I had to work early the next day. So I was just drinking a beer by myself at New Year's, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna put my foot down and I'm gonna pursue this and I'm gonna try and make something out of it. And that was when I was at the radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I left over there was because I just needed more time to mm-hmm. put it into the things that I valued, I guess. Yeah. So that wasn't your, your passion. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't not my passion. It was fun doing the sports for, uh, you know, the radio station. But, I, I mean, first and foremost, I never thought I would see myself working for a radio. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was definitely an experience, and I learned a lot about marketing, which I didn't expect to. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Once I left that job, was pretty much like, all right, now I've got to finish my app, 
got to market it correctly. And then when I launched the app in the beginning of March, that was kind of like the, all right, it's, it's real now. And then, I'll, you know, the orders just kept growing and growing. And, you know, every day has just been super busy and it's, it's, it's awesome. I, uh, I kind of, I look at it and I'm just like very thankful mm-hmm. because yeah, I, I worked so hard on it and mm-hmm. created this idea in college and just the stuff that I went through and whatnot. It's just like, Oh, this is cool. You know, yeah. like something that I'm, I'm actually putting my time and effort into is, you know, having some success and definitely want to see it grow too. So, you know, I think a lot of people wait around hoping something yeah. like a shortcut. Yeah. Like, well, that, I'm just going to wait here until life ends up being nice and fulfilling. Whereas you found something that's, I want to work at this yeah. and I'm willing to put forth the work. And that's, that's cool. It's uh, you know, that's kind of something that I've had conversations with friends about many, many times is, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not special because I started, I just, you know, I saw, I saw an opportunity and I took it. If you, I mean, you know, whoever, whoever's listening out there, if you ever have an opportunity who like, don't stop yourself from not pursuing it, especially if you think you, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, before you write your column, I'm the shit, you know, <laughs> like get your confidence up and yeah. then use it, blast it, you know, Stand use up. it. Yeah. yeah. Like I always respect people who are, you know, not overly confident in a bad way, but mm-hmm. people who really know their shit about what they do, um, some coworkers and I, we always talk about this at the airport, but, you know, when you go to the same job every single day, you're doing it every single day for however many years, I mean, technically, you could consider yourself a professional at your job, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's just like NBA players. They shoot, they, you know, if, if I shot eight hours a day, shit, I might actually be pretty <laughs> damn good at shooting too, Yeah, you know? So, you know, you do that for years and years, and, you know, at some point you could consider yourself a professional at your job. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's one way to use, the, use confidence, you know, for people to, to do things, to, you know, take, take opportunities, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a big difference, too, between creating something to make money versus creating a product that brings value. Mm-hmm. And people appreciate products that bring value to their lives versus this is the cheapest thing. Right. There's a there's a margin and you know, you just don't feel valued as a customer. So like going all in, how can I improve people's lives? And that's kind of the entrepreneurial spirit. Oh like yeah. The good part and the bad part. So how can I make money off people yeah. versus I'm going to make people's lives a little better. Right. Yeah. Without being like super cutthroat, the capitalist yeah. Yeah. mentality. Yeah. 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 So how does your, how does your app work? I don't really understand that. So, the, yeah. So it's, um, it, I mean, it's just like this, it's, it's a really early stage of what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, right now I just, I used a, uh, like a low code uh, platform base mm-hmm. where basically they give you the tools to customize an app however you can manipulate it mm-hmm. to your to your likings, I guess. If, if that's a good way to put it, um, but uh, basically, you know, you just go on there and you type in what you want to eat, and then I've got a multi checkbox selection. Select the place you want to order from in town, and then when you click submit, I receive a text and an email of what you put on the form, and then I basically uh, dispatch that order to a driver and um, call the restaurant, place the order, mm-hmm. and then the customer just pays for the food and the delivery fee at the door. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, I mean... Are you having, like, little credit card readers? Um, yeah, so we've got we've got credit card readers gotcha. um, okay. that the drivers have when they go 
and deliver. Gotcha. Um, but you know, it's it it's 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 manageable for now. It's yeah. a good way to put it. Um, it's not what it, it's not exactly what I want yet, but that's yeah. gonna take what what I want exactly is gonna take some time. Yeah, like well, a lot of time. <laughs> what was the first conversation you had with like a, a restaurant owner? Did you like go in there and say, "Hey, here's the plan"? Like, were you just sweating when you went in there? Like, how did, did you rehearse it? What, what um, happened? There? So, so the funny thing is, is I actually wrote this business plan, like an 80 page business plan, when I t- it was my capstone for uh, business school. And so I wrote this plan specific to Catch Cans Market. So when I got back from college, I think it was probably like a year and a half after the opportunity kind of just landed in my in my lap, and I was like, "Shoot, I know how to do this already." So I did it. I've done everything pretty much to a T of how I drew it up to to for my presentation in college. And uh, it, it, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie that that shit was such a it was a headache to go through mm-hmm. during the time, but. It was. It's so worth it. it yeah. I mean, pretty much. I've just basically been. I just you know updated a couple different softwares that I've used and versus what I planned on using in the plan. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me is is the technology in it. And I mean, there's technology in everything. Yeah. You know, there's so many different. You could create an app, which I actually had this idea with Nick Wicker. Mm-hmm. You could, and if somebody wants to take this, do it <laughs> because you could you could create an app like I could go home and sit on my computer for probably 24 hours straight and create an app to, you know, let's say I walk around Ward Lake and I just mark 10 different trees along the walk. Well, then I can then I could basically um, create an app where it's like a walking tour. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. Nick kn- Nick knows how to uh, what's it called? Like you know, get the age of the tree. Yeah, yeah. So you just go to ten different trees, and you you know you figure that stuff out. You put a little plaque or something around there. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. Hey, Forest Service, you wanna you wanna buy this app for me? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's that's the beauty of it. Is yeah. There's technology in everything. Yeah. Well, that's also the intent of college, right? People right. are complaining about, you know, college debt, and that's a huge problem. Yeah. But part of the attitude that we have when we go to college is, I'm going to go to college, I'll get a piece of paper, and then the piece of paper's not paying for anything. It's like, right. well, you go to, like, turn your college experience into something that's marketable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, your senior capstone thing. Like, you went to college, and you came out with the idea, with the work ethic, with the know-how to be successful. It wasn't, well, life... Give me a job, right? Just give me happiness because well, I went for four years and I have all this money now. Life just paid off. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's quite a few people that. I mean, I think that's really how they look at life. Like, oh, I got my, I got my piece of paper now. Where's my job? It's like, no, you, you gotta have real life experiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's. I've, I've been in a few different interview situations and and I've answered questions that was kind of like little bit on the edge of, you know, like what probably should be said and what shouldn't be said. But I think that it was those types of, uh, like the confidence I was over pouring out of mm-hmm. it from what the, what I experienced up until that point. I think those are what got me the jobs, you yeah. know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta have a, I don't know. I, I look at it like when I was, when I was at college, like I got my, I got my school done. I'd go to the library, but as soon as I would finish my homework and, you know, didn't have anything else for the night, we're we're having a great time, you yeah, know. Yeah. You, you know, just get the balance that life. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. yeah, you really do. Yeah, I think it's different now too with with social media and connectedness of people. When you're at college, you were at college, right? Whereas now you get to see what all your friends from high school are still doing, and so I, I'm wondering. You know, I went to school, college before all that yeah. stuff. Like Facebook was just starting to blow up. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, it's just a different thing. It's truly like leaving your community yeah. and like no idea yeah. what's going on. Maybe it's, a phone call here or there. It's hard. Whenever you give anybody any sort of advice, it's like, I don't know. And this kind of worked for me, but yeah. you, know, you, you, I don't know. It might you not do, work you, for you. You got to do your yeah. own thing. That's yeah. why so a lot of that cliche stuff ends up being true because, yeah. oh, I finally know what that means. Yeah. I finally get it. Yeah. So I was a first generation college. All my family is all in trade, you know, and do well for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I was one of the first persons to ever go to college and get a degree. You know? There you go, man. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty cool. Trendsetter. Yeah. 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 You know, down down the line, your family will remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do you do any marketing for, like, um, like when you're outdoor, you know, doing your stuff outdoors, are you wearing, like, Marmot or any kind of guns or anything? Or do you ever sponsor? No, you ever no. Do you ever see yourself doing that? You know <laughs> no, I, mean? I think that's... that too... I, I mentioned that in yeah. in my in my book. It's just a weird... Like, you can chase that, and you can get, you know, to be a... Um, an influencer, you can do that, but I think it just kind of undermines a lot of stuff. And then, I don't know, it just, I think it's gotten to the point where it's, it's oversaturated and yeah. everyone is either is sponsored or is trying to be sponsored. And so we kind of take away from the actual experience. And I got caught up with that. You know, I'd post a whole bunch of stuff and hoping that, you know, Fish Pond notices me or Sage notices me. I'm like, dude, is it about fishing or not? Right. Because if I if I'm tagging all this stuff and if I'm making it all about me and and the cool gear that I get, then it's not about the experience anymore, and mm-hmm. I've totally undermined the the whole thing that I say that I like to do. So, have so you ever I, gotten hit up hit up by any of those people? Or? No, no, yeah, maybe that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think um, those sort of things you can pursue, and if if you take the right pictures and if you have like a like a body count of blacktail deer or or <laughs> yeah. or anything like yeah, a outdoor channel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you could you could do that and you could market that. But yeah. I, I like the writing thing. I like kind of the you know, my podcast called the Mediocre Alaskan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of the I'm not gonna try to Yeah, you know, um for a lot of people, it becomes a pissing contest, and like yeah. no one wins, right? It's like I'm a better at Alaska than you. It's like, dude, I, whatever, man. I'll just admit that I'm not a great Alaskan. Yeah. I'm figuring stuff out. I make mistakes, and it's so much more freeing that way. Yeah, I, yeah. I could be honest and say, dude, I didn't get anything. It's upsetting. It's, I'm frustrated, but um, I do notice there's that mentality here. Like, if you're from like oh Iowa, you're like, you know, are you from here? It's not as like, are you from here? When you, you know, there's a like when somebody there's a hierarchy like, here. When yeah. somebody that's not from here is, is like at the bar, you, you're like, who the hell is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are, are you? Cool? Are they yeah. Not? yeah, it's it's a weird. I can see what you mean by mediocre. Like, you know, yeah, it's just a weird hierarchy. We put people in bubbles when they come here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's like an Alaskan thing or an island thing. I feel like it's an everywhere thing, and yeah. just on different levels. Yeah. yeah. People want to be the supreme local, like, oh, I'm a sourdough. <laughs> but anybody like calls themselves a sourdough, it's like, dude, what? Like, or if you call yourself an alpha, right? Like, yeah, yeah. An alpha doesn't have to tell anybody that they're they don't an alpha. Talk about it, be about it. Yeah, everybody just knows, I, right? Yeah. So I work at a hotel, right? And I, I got a sourdough. <laughs> I pick some people up at the airport, and the first question they ask me is, "Are you a sourdough?" I'm like, oh, "Why well, did?" At first, I was like, because I kind of remember that from school, talking, and I was like, well, I guess. I mean, I'm from here, but I, my concept of a sourdough was like a miner who came up here in the 1900s. Exactly, like, yeah. Lived out Pre- in mining camp. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I guess. They're like, well, it's someone that's born and raised. They gave me a long definition. I was like, I guess under that definition, I'm a sourdough. Call me a sourdough if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the, the, the people who would truly fit that definition are people who don't really care about the title. Like, yeah. That's not legit. And some of the best outdoors people, especially here, hunters, fishermen, they don't they don't have social media. Yeah, right? They're right. just out doing it. Yeah. Right? Now, there's some, some people over on Prince of Wales. 
Uh, some ladies that just go out and they set crab pots on their kayaks and stuff, and they just they just do it. They're yeah. not worried about all that nonsense. Like, dude, that's legit. Yeah, that's true enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what it's really about. It's not about. Um, but then you get you get cut up, right? I'm yeah. Like, I want more people to read my magazine. I want more people to buy my book, and so I have to kind of all right, fighting that ego. Just chill a little bit here. Like, yeah. Oh. Would nice be nice to not have to pay retail on this jacket, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a no win if you go down that road. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know that's my... not to say that if you're a guide yeah. and you're a sponsor, that's great. You're providing a service. It's all so. There's, there's the qualifier for if people are sponsored, and there are people who are sponsored here, great for them. Mm-hmm. But as far as like a freelance writer, that's I I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, yeah. I know Mike Kapnich, and he's a you know I don't know a big outdoors guy. Yeah. He knows he's the tree guru. Shout out to Mike. Um, he's taught me a lot about the forests of Alaska, and he's that, exactly that guy. I mean, he has on social media now. He posts a little bit more, but um, he he doesn't, you know, he's not sponsored or anything. Yeah. Absolutely could be Patagonia, take Mike out into the, yeah. you know, the national forest and like, yeah, let's go find some big trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It used to be that you could really tell those those local or the, the out-of-town people would stand out a lot more. Yeah. Now not quite as much because mm-hmm. some of that, you know, good gear is good gear. Yeah. You know, it used to be just, you know, Carhartt or jeans, hooded sweatshirt, you know, and then uh, and then extra tufts. Yeah. But now, yeah, Patagonia makes some nice stuff. Right? Yeah. It's nice and it's warm, so a lot of locals are wearing that too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Is, is, you said there were, there was people here that are sponsored? Uh, a lot of the guides around oh, here that, right. um, that uh, you know, they, they get either free stuff from Sitka or from mm-hmm. Kuyu or, or whatever. So a lot of those guide services that, or even fishing charter people, they'll, they'll have deals with uh, rod makers and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but as far as like the uh, um, like personality in the industry, not quite yeah. so much. But just hey, I own a guide business up here, and I do hunting or I do fishing. Sitka or you know one of those companies like oh cool here's some here's some gear. Yeah. So. Have you thought about um, doing guiding at all? No. No. Because I feel I, like you'd, never. you'd be a great person to. Oh well, you you would want people to catch fish or yeah. or you know kill deer, so I don't think I'd, I'd be good for that. Um, the thing about that, and this is like this is the huge thing for me. Other people like I love that you can provide people with the chance to catch a, a fish of a lifetime, but I'm like, yeah, but you're not fishing. Like you're around people who are fishing all day, people who don't know what they're doing. They're breaking your gear. They're not listening to you. And you don't get. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I don't want to teach yeah. fishing when, when I'm in the off season. You know, Rick Collins, who's a guide. <laughs> you do that. You teach all year. It's either teaching kids or it's teaching people from down south how to fish. Yeah. But the context does change. But like, I, I like to fish and I like to have yeah. time myself or hunt and this and that. So. Yeah. Do you kind of use the outdoors as like an escape from reality in a way, or decompress? I should say. Yeah. yeah, and I, I've I've thought about that too. Like, well, what is real reality? Is yeah. and I, I write about this in the book too. I'm like, well, what is is real? What I see on TV? Is it what yeah. I see on the computer? Is it what I see it at the store here, or is it you know up Dude Mountain? So it's just one of those you know just overthink stuff type thing. Yeah, I, I think at some point we have to define what that is. And so yeah, it's a great escape during during COVID March and April when people are locked down and California couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. I'm like. Things really haven't changed a whole lot. Like not here. The I mean, school, you know, yeah. not in session. That was yeah. awful. Doing the Zoom stuff was oh, really oh, tough for the kids. I feel so bad for you. But I, feel, I feel bad for the kids. The kids, yeah. so you know, some of those kids were like, "I have no social life now," and that was that was terrible to yeah. see. Yeah. But then they could also walk around War Lake. You know, yeah. there were a lot of kids who were doing stuff that was healthy. And yeah. when we were at fifty percent in um, 
you know, October, November at the high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't school on Fridays, and so there were a couple of my students who were, rather than go to office hours, were going hunting. And I was like, <laughs> That's a great, positive, yeah. healthy thing to do yeah. at the time, you know, yeah. and that's something that... They're learning you know, a skill of some sort yeah, of being out there. You're going out there, it's, uh, yeah. it's exercise, you know, it's something of, of value and purpose. That's, you know, kids down in California, they couldn't do that. You know, locked down, you don't have the accessibility to nature, but yeah. that's a great mental health thing for a kid to do here is, I right, yeah. don't have school, I'm going to go hunt. You know, they, should, like, they should do like a, like a hiking class. Like you should, you, you could do it. I, I think that would be, you know... Get I mean, in the lineup, get in the next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, get kids, just teach kids how to, you know, hike on their own. Or or even like in a, a section group. of PE, have yeah. that. Or, yeah. Like outdoor. I don't know if Stock would go for that. Love Stock. Love Stock. You don't see him hiking up Deer Mountain. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that would be pretty good because then kids could learn how to decompress, like Otis was saying. I mean, that's something in high school they don't really teach you. No, that's a tough, tough thing, that mental health thing, yeah. being in control of it. I, I mean, you know, the older I get, that. That, that is, it's very important. Yeah. And being able to do it, empower yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's that balance of providing opportunities for people or resources for people versus use the resource, but you still have to do it, you know, rather than, I don't know, I can't be happy unless all the conditions are right for me. Right. And, and that's, it's such a, such a, such a subjective thing. It's not something that everybody can just say, oh, I'll just get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people it's a lot more than that, but. I mean, that's a great place to be able to just walk around, get free, look at the mountains, you know. Yeah. we got the it's river awesome. running right there. It's, yeah, this is, it's the best, great. this is the best view. Yeah. It's nice. Um, do you think that, uh, well, you guys, open question, do you think that all these shows about Alaska kind of tarnish uh, or put well, which false shows, sense? Which shows are you talking <laughs> about? Well, I guess just broad, but like I know most, there's specific uh, ones that really well, make this area seem like a joke, but, uh, I, think I mean, do they help or hurt, or a little bit of both? Uh, I think, <laughs> I think it is exactly what it is, right? Yeah. If you're watching anything, if you think that a reality TV show is reality, then it's your fault. It doesn't matter what you watch. It's it's a contrived bit of nonsense meant to entertain, not inform, or not educate yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so if you approach it from that perspective, then I just watch a show. I know it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think there are people who see it like that. I think yeah. people who don't know any different think that it is just like that. And I think that's where it can be, I don't know if it's dangerous, but just be, you know, come on. Really, is it like that? that too. <laughs> Danger, dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> so I got a, okay, an example is when I was watching Alaska Bush people, they were towing a car on a log raft. Through. I was like, I have never seen that in my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? We have fairies for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's a producer on the show who, from wherever who yeah. has these preconceived notions like, yeah. well, how do we manufacture or how do we create this situation and then film it? Because there has to be conflict in every show. Yeah. So... Yeah. You know, with um, those shows Survivor and Big Brother, and especially like Big Brother mm-hmm. or uh, Jersey Shore, those, it was oh, man. Put, put people who are susceptible to conflict in the same area, because you're going to get conflict and it's going to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to really represent the lifestyle, but that's not what the point is. The point is to get people to watch and get people to engage. Yeah. But, yeah, there are people who think that it's just like that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, come on. What do you think is the, the most realistic reality show on about Alaska. I've seen Life Below Zero, and I do enjoy Life Below Zero. Yeah. Um, that guy that lived up in that, that cabin way up in uh, the Brooks Range, that guy was insane. Yeah. I think those are good. I think Deadly's Catch was. was. I thought, yeah, Deadly's yeah. Catch was good. Too. Um, 
Because you can't fake that. You can't, you know, really manufacture stuff. You can, like with the the Axemen, you could yeah. you know, create something where something breaks and does yeah. this, and, you know, people are Screaming upset. and yelling and yeah. the riggings, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm sure the cameraman on the deadliest sketch will like, I just survive. I'm not going to create yeah. any sort yeah. of extra conflict. Let's just film this, and let's Raw. get home safe. Yeah. yeah. yeah I know fish and game people that go out on those crab boats, and they say it's fucking hell. Man. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I can't imagine that. Well, those are such big boats, you know? Yeah. And the way they're getting tossed around, that... Yeah. And this is coming from someone that went on the same boat. Well, yeah, right? those, I, mean, those, I mean, when you get tossed around on the same, I mean, it, it can be pretty... Brutal. It can be pretty nautical as well. Yeah. But those big-ass boats, yeah. they're all, I mean, those things are huge. Yeah. So to get tossed around on one of those is... I think, if one, it would be easier to get tossed around on, but two, it would be freaking... It'd be so much scarier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. like you, you got more room to move around. Uh, you know, You're like a little rubber ducky. Just yeah, like I remember fishing out at Granite Point one day, and it was just blowing yeah. 65. I had my lead lines like all the way out <laughs> over the side rail, yeah. and you know you're basically just swinging them back onto the boat. Uh, you know that's I don't think that's anywhere near as bad as the stuff they do on Deadly Strategy. Well, there's no place you can tuck in either. Yeah. Like, you have the open, and then you tuck back in. Like, there, it's just out, and you're exposed. If you're taking the ferry and it's bad, you know, you go across Clarence, it's going to oh. be bad for about an hour, you know, yep. but then it's going to be Don't fine. Don't eat until you get to the other side. Exactly. You start getting the channel by Cassandra yeah. every time I have that. But just that, that no relief for that long. Yeah. It's just... And it, one of the reasons why it was the deadliest catch is because you had boats who were trying to make money mm-hmm. off that that weren't crabbing boats. Yeah, you had yeah. people who were trying to retrofit stuff, and so they had no business being out there. And so you had a lot of sinkings because yeah, yeah, they know. changed the law a little bit, right? Yeah, the so fishing regulations. The amount of the amount of permits and then the I think yeah. the boat, you know, it's legit. You don't have yeah. someone out there with a little Boston whaler trying to catch yeah. a crab or something. So. Yeah. And they changed maybe, like, the time. Like, before it was, like, a time thing. Now it's, like, a poundage thing. Yeah. So you're not just yeah. blasting. You're a little more yeah. safe. And that's great. That's, you know, science and biologists and the yeah. fish and game doing a great job of mm-hmm. regulating and making yeah. things safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, certain of those, certain areas they get, you know, it's all people in suits or politicians yeah. making decisions, whereas, you know, Alaska can have a – that happens here, too. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's just a great example. Well, working for Fish and Game, I, that was some of the most professional people that I've ever met in my life that were dedicated like, to their jobs. Yeah. No one hated their jobs there, it was, and it's, oh. it's, it was incredible. The data you were collecting, I mean, I did that. He left. When he left that Fish and Game job, I was just getting back from college, so I was like, ah, I don't want to go fishing this year. Mm-hmm. Took his job, and, I mean, like you said, it's it's real professional work. I mean, they really care about the, the data that you take and, and send yeah. off. Yeah, it matters so much more here than in other places. I can think that, you know, if you were fishing game in some area that doesn't have the species, doesn't have, you know, your traditional migration corridors yeah. have been totally, you know, cut into swaths of private land, and there's roads that go in between. Yeah, all the species are, you know, just they don't have the connection. On. Yeah, the public doesn't have that connection to like yeah. we do to the public lands here. Um, yeah, I think here'd be a great job to have. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it would, it, it would suck because you know you'd be on the fish line sample until midnight and whatever and then you're like man what am i doing like and then you see the report in the paper like oh i actually counted all those fish that yeah. they just put in the paper yeah. and like this area closed here and this opened area and it's just um it's it's really cool how fascinating our, our game management and from like a hunter's perspective do you sometimes come in conflict with what what game management does i mean like uh, you disagree with this you know, it's like fishermen and, and fishing game. They'd always gripe to us about stuff. And it's like yeah. low man on the totem pole, but you know. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not 
like super smart, but a lot of these issues are so complex. I'm like 52 per percent convinced of something. Yeah. It seems like everyone is either like 0% or 100%. Yeah. So they're the loudest people, but I'm like, dude, I'm like I agree with you, but not to the same degree. Like yeah. I'm 52% convinced that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But 48% of me is this, and so it's it's so much more nuanced and complex. Yeah. Um that's a really good way to yeah. put it. It is. I think, you know, for everything, like yeah. politics too. It's, yeah. I, I'm not going to speak out super loud about things because I'm not totally convinced. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of actual people who are in that middle area and you're not hearing from them. You're only hearing from the 100% yep. or the 0%. Yeah. And I don't think anybody like posts anything unless they're about 80% convinced. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, <laughs> I, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not, I yeah. agree with you, but not to the point of being that sure. Sure. So, yeah. I just, example, yeah. being from Prince Wells, I know the wolf thing has always been a very yeah. contentious thing over there. And just, I don't know if you're a wolf hunter or trapper or whatever you call them, but it's, there's so much money that, that pours in uh, those down South organizations mm -hmm. that, that want to support wolves um, and keep wolves around. But the problem is that the biologists, it's impossible to count the amount of wolves. Mm -hmm. So if the estimation is much lower than it actually is, that's, that's not the fault of biologists. Like, they're doing the best they can. Look at the terrain. It's yeah. such a wild island. It's, so, it's such a huge island, and wolves are so smart. Mm -hmm. the, if, if the trapper, I know some trappers, and they're great trappers, but there's no way that they could exterminate or eradicate the wolves. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with that in mind, but, you know, people down south, they don't, they see it from what, their perspective is, and their perspective yeah. is, you know, there's no wolves left, or they introduce the pack, and it's great to have them, and I want to hear them, or I want to see them, yeah. but that's not, that doesn't work here. It's a different yeah. ecosystem. It's a different balance, so, um, you know, I, it, I, I know most people that lived here all their lives, and they've never seen a wolf. I mean, they're very yeah. secret and, creatures. But you I've know they're around, run. right? Yeah. Like you, you've heard them, or... Yeah, see some trails of them, yeah. or, yeah. Um, but I, it came to a head, too, in, in March and, and April and whatnot, mm -hmm. if you have... If you have a family who subsists off deer, it gives them an opportunity. So if they're um, food or if they're was, um, not impoverished, but it could be for impoverished people yeah, too. Like yeah. it, it provides a way to, for them to get food. It's a meaningful thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the wolves are obviously going to take, take away from that. And so if you have people who are just interested in just saving the wolves without thinking about, oh, this is – Prince of Wales is a little different than, yeah. than Wyoming. You know, it's a little different than Colorado. So – I might still want to protect the wolves. I might still not like hunting. Yeah. But I'm only 52% convinced that we should save the wolves rather than save the wolves, kill the trapper type, type attitude. Yeah. 52%. So. Yeah. That's, that's, I like <laughs> that. I like that. That's the theme of the podcast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk anything else about your book? I mean, we kind of lightly touched on it. I, Without giving um, too much away. Too, too much away, yeah. Yeah, I... It's the best work I've done. I feel really happy and confident yeah. about it. But yeah. I, I would still have I'd wake up at like two in the morning and think, Oh my gosh, did did I write that correctly? And I'd <laughs> I'd go to my laptop and think all right, I think I think I did a pretty good job describing that. Because if you're just talking about hunting, it's not a big deal. But talking about, and I do mention wolves in there, and I do mention some of the the social unrest, and I do mm -hmm. mention. But the last thing I wanted to do was make teachers look bad, make the school yeah. look bad, make make yeah. parents, make kids. I wanted to be as absolutely middle of the road as possible. I didn't mm -hmm. want anybody to be able to look at a line and say, oh, you were happy. I'm like, no, man, I, I have no clue. It's yeah. way too complex. Don't, you have a dog in that fight. Yeah. yeah. So, 52%. 52%. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so you just, we worry about that because, you know, we live in a culture now where people are looking for that one yeah. sentence to take everything out. Mm-hmm. And so if I have a good reputation because people know me, mm-hmm. you know, and someone else who doesn't know anything reads it wrong, then all of a sudden, you know, things are different. So, yeah, um, that's that's actually funny you say that because that's something that I think that I, I, I deal with with just in the business world. There's people who I think they just want to complain to complain. Oh. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to – I don't have time for this today. You yeah. know, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just like, man. Yeah. But it's, it stands uh, out so much more, yeah. right? It's the yeah. – if you look if you look at reviews on Amazon or Google or whatever, yeah. a lot of times it's like user error. Like, well, you did one out of five stars because you didn't you didn't read the directions, man. <laughs> so, but people are like that. It's like, yeah. oh, dang it. I've been upset a couple of times, too. Like, this stupid thing doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that's my bad, yeah. actually. Um, and so I – when you get that negative feedback, that sticks out so much more, and you can't listen to it. You can't listen to those stupid comments that people make. <laughs> you got to filter that. It's, oh. yeah. And you know you're supposed to, yeah. but you can't help but read it. Right. I know you're kind of a social media guy. Do you have Twitter? I do. It's uh, terrible. Yeah. It's, God, <laughs> it's a wild, wild you know, it's, it's funny because, I mean. Listen, Facebook's I, for the boomers. <laughs> Twitter is for everybody else. And Instagram, eh, it's a good blend of Zoomers. You know, I, I think I can count on at least once per day that I go on and somebody, <laughs> someone out there is calling Otis out. <laughs> somebody. And I mean, I, I've done it a few times too, but it's all love. But somebody is out for blood with Otis. And yeah. Like, I love it. Well, that's the like, problem too. It's like a wild saloon. <laughs> there are people, like intent is so difficult to figure out. Yeah. So if, if yeah. your buddy makes a comment that's just kind of ribbing you a little bit and someone yeah. else then thinks this or like yeah. this some other narrative or whatever like oh yeah. my gosh what do you where, how did you how did you come to this conclusion yeah. based on what was said so yeah. <laughs> I stay off Twitter quite yeah. a bit it's um, probably better for your mental sanity I've gotten better at not commenting on like going to someone's post and commenting and, and I don't know I just you have yeah. gotten better it's a lot I, I filter myself yeah. more you know just for my own mental sanity that's the know. scary thing too though because what you're doing is you're self censoring. Yeah, right? no, and so right. like, yeah. like your your opinion matters, how you see the world yeah. matters, but in certain contexts, in certain discussions, it's not a con- uh, not a good discussion. So it might yeah. not be the best place to articulate that. Yeah, but. yeah. So getting back to your like waking up at night. Uh, <laughs> and, so I'm on the borough assembly. I got elected two years ago, and I do think about you know a lot of the votes that I I, I, I do right. Um, I think I, I wake up at night and I'm like, shit, was that the right thing to say? Was that the right thing? Because everything is like nitpicked um, yeah. when you're a public official, you're at a higher level. Maybe yeah. that's why I've kind of censored myself a little bit because people will just like comb through everything that you said, you know, five years ago, a tweet or whatever, mm-hmm. and try to cancel you over it yeah. or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? So you do have to. Well, I think a, a lot of times on social media where people get into trouble is like it, it, when it becomes a pissing contest in the yeah. comments. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I can piss further than Otis. Otis, well, no, I can piss for you know that. That's when it gets yeah. to the point where, okay, you're just arguing to argue. But like you know, I, I hear you when you say you know censor in quotations yeah. because you know you do want to stay true to who you mm-hmm. are and post yeah. what you want to post, but. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think you do a pretty good job of not not getting too no. deep into it. But, yeah, <laughs> but it, it is. It, it'd be like a month to month thing, right? Where you know you see it with uh, Senator Murkowski so much. It's like I see you, Murkowski. Yeah. I see in the next month, I'm so proud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and, it's like, and that's that's what we that's why we vote for certain people because on an individual basis, we don't want you know just the down the middle. So we should. 
you know, encourage that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's the difference between the people who are who are doing things, right? Like you are making votes that matter, and then yeah. everybody else who's just you know, taking this opportunity Not just, tomatoes, just yeah. throw like, stuff. Like, yeah. And so it's, shit to throw shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think there's engaging people in intellectual discussions yes. and Twitter's not an intellectual discussion. <laughs> yeah. So you, where you have those conversations. Yeah. yeah. Right here. <laughs> That's the, the great thing about, and the interesting thing journalistically about podcasts is that people didn't think that there was going to be, a, you know, everything was getting shorter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like short tweets, short everything, but people just want, they're curious about things. They, they will listen to long form interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rogan having uh, oh, Bernie Williams. Yep. Bernie Williams? Bernie Williams. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even a Yankee fan. How did I come up with uh, Bernie Sanders on there? Yeah. And then uh, and having uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And, yeah. and so you That's listen good. to Bernie for an hour and a half. You listen to Tulsi Gabbard for an hour and a half. You listen to Dan Crenshaw for an hour and a half. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. You get the full story. He's not a seven-second soundbite. It's so much different. Yeah. And journalistically, Rogan is so much better than a lot of people, yeah. which it's just a curious human. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially what journalism should be, and so and he gets he gets trashed from both the right and the left because oh, yes. oh you're this, but again that's perfect. Like that's what that's where he wants right. to sit. You should be getting attention from yeah. both sides. Yeah. Um, no, I think yeah. when he's when he's long and gone, you know, uh, God forbid, but <laughs> people are going to realize that how impactful his show was on podcasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it came before, and he even talks about this. I'm, I'm an avid Joe Rogan listener. Uh, you know, Tom Green, for example. Yeah. I mean, he was. One of the fathers of the OGs. Uh, the OGs. You know, I follow him on Instagram. He's hilarious. He drives around in a van now. Uh, Freddie got fingered. You know, yeah. That? yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, everyone has a, a person that they learn from. Mm-hmm. And what Rogan did for podcasting is I just launched yeah. it to the. I think it, to it Mars definitely is re- like the, the, the rising popularity of podcasts. I think it, I mean, with you being like a journalist, do you think it kind of shifted the landscape of the industry? I think a couple things in, have. In, a better, in my opinion, I think in a better way. Yeah, and I think it's just like reality TV shows. Which one do you want to watch <laughs> and, and why do you want to watch or listen to it? I All think right. with newspapers it's become difficult because people want to be told what to think. Yeah. And so people will go, it's easier to find stuff on YouTube that tells you what to think or mm-hmm. is more hyper-partisan. So you go find that, and I just agree with it more. It's better, it's easier. There's no like, well... I read this newspaper article, and I'm not really sure, well, well, what does this mean? Right. So podcasts enable people to talk things out, and if you do listen to the whole conversation, um, and that's one of the great things, again, about Rogan is he'll ask those questions, and he'll call people out. Mm-hmm. He listens and then responses, r- responds, and it is just a sit-around BS session, which is great. And so as a pod, I listen to that, and I... It's not necessarily the the content as much as how does he do how does he do how that? Does he do it, yeah. And he just listens, right? And you don't get the impression that it's an interview. And then some podcasts are like a, a Q and A type, and those work too. And so it's like finding the the balance and what do I how does how does this successful person do it, and how can I do something you know that has those same sort of attributes? Obviously, I'm, you know, you're never going to be Joe Rogan like that's Joe Rogan, or even you know, there's a ton of other really popular podcasts. But just that he has major respect for Prince Wells, by the way. I swear to God, every single episode, every episode, he mentions people in Alaska. Yeah. And Prince Wells. Well, when he talks about people in L.A. that yeah. you know they're just a bunch of rats scurrying for the last piece of cheese, <laughs> right? That's just a great way of putting that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think podcasts are definitely valuable. Um, you know, people take it seriously, and there's there's yeah. something for everyone, and people are finding that. But there's also non-thinking ones, right? You know, just the anger sort of. Um, political commentary that used to be shows and now it's a podcast and it's just, you know, very divisive material. So, yeah. um, 
It kind of gave a, a a platform for that kind of crazy too. Yeah, that's the bad side of podcasting. Yeah, and that's everything, and that's yeah. Correct. Newspapers the same way, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. at least there's a journalistic ethic mm-hmm. when it comes to there's there's some level of accountability, but you know there's there's nothing. Right. There's, yeah. there's nothing. On there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it comes down to us. Like it comes down to you know I can listen to a podcast of someone who I don't agree with politically. Mm-hmm. I can listen to that, and I can be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. You know, there are people who say, if you have this person on, that means that you're this. How could you listen to this person? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're supposed to do, yeah. right? So when people say, oh, you had, you had Bernie Sanders <laughs> on the podcast, well, that means you're this. Like, no, he's just curious about the other side, yeah. right? Or yeah. it doesn't mean what you think it means, yeah. right? People chastise people for going, or uh, I think it was Andrew Yang went on um, Fox News. Yep. How dare you? Yeah. What, he's supposed to do that, yeah, right? You're yeah. supposed to appeal to, and so I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to talk about a little bit about your teaching and do. I, I know you teach kids, but do you learn a lot from kids, like lingo and stuff like that? <laughs> Some. I, I know thirst traps. Thirst traps a new one. <laughs> I, I got to be careful <laughs> before I like use it in a sentence so because there yeah. could be a slight difference between <laughs> what I think it means and what I don't. But once I do have a pretty good grasp of something, I do like to kind of use it to just like ruin it for the kids. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if if you get as much as you put in, you know, kind of thing. Like yeah. you learn a lot from the kids. Um, yeah, it, it's just so different now than it was when I was in high school and yeah. just I think appreciating that you know and, and not saying oh, I know what it's like because I don't and I think that was a big thing in the last maybe maybe 10 or so years to just like I don't know what it's like to be a kid now so I can't just say you know just turn off social media like you yeah. can't just turn off the phone anymore that was the thing when they were first coming out and you had some social media just turn it off just yeah just yeah that's the easy solution but oh, like the the cyber bullying stuff yeah it's like just, just walk turn, away just turn yeah. it off but just, say, just say no to drugs. Like, oh, okay. so much more <laughs> complex than that. And that's kind of the yeah. teacher answer, but just like things are things are different now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're harder or not, you know. So yeah. it's just kind of being, being I guess, empathetic, but like in a real way and not not just yeah. trying to apply some sort of, you know, teacher, guru, whatever yeah. stuff. Just, you know, these are these are people. These are Yeah, humans, teaching so. overlaps a lot of things. You have a yeah. lot of yeah. moving parts when you're a teacher, yeah. too. So. But it's fun, you know, because yeah. kids are kids. No matter if they were in California yeah. or when I was living in Prince of Wales or here, you know, kids are kids. Yeah. It is different, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I was playing that Rebecca Black Friday song <laughs> on repeat yesterday. And, uh, yeah, you're back in session now, right? Oh, yeah, we're back in session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, this song truly is a banger. And, you know, just as, as... Hello, fellow kids. As, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. And, it's part of that, building that, that rapport. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. It's it's different every day. And yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, just we're rounding out an hour here. Uh, we usually go around the table and just kind of final thoughts. So, uh, we'll start with Isaiah. Um, I think one thing that really stuck out to me throughout this conversation was just like the, the the landscape of journalism for you. I mean, you know, maybe your kids and their kids will see a completely different side of journalism than we are. Mm-hmm. I think we're in that kind of, not that in-between stage, but we're like right on the cusp of like a technology boom where mm-hmm. there's going to be just so many different avenues to put your word out or, you know, mm-hmm. put your business or your service out. I mean, I think it's going to be crazy in these next 25, 50 years. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of opportunity yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're willing to take it. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I just want to thank you for coming yeah, on the podcast. Thank you. And um, I'm not huge into the outdoors, but I like making stuff. You know, I'm a huge cook, so I like making oh, there you go. stuff from deer and yeah. fish. But I'm not. I don't want to sit on a boat for eight hours and catch the fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. I'll just have someone do it, buy it from them. You know, we have plenty of good access to all that around here. And yeah. luckily, I have family members that love hunting, so I get to make stuff from. So yeah. I, I appreciate what you do. I, I, I just, <laughs> That's good. It's not the thing. So yeah. I'm getting more into fishing now. Just like. Going on a lake, a river, and just bullshit and drinking beer and doing that. There you go. But uh, being on a boat, just I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'd say that uh, thanks for having me on. And then also just uh, I've talked about this with a couple other podcasters that, that are in Alaska, and it's not a matter of there's only a certain amount of listeners in Alaska, and so we're all, like, fighting for the piece of a pie. Like, we can make the pie bigger, and we can have our individual stories. And so, you know, there's two podcast and catch can here that doesn't mean that yeah you know we're taking from each Not other it's like we're complimenting i think that's an important thing to keep um in mind because once you start getting competition it just ends up being weird right yeah. it's like you know you, you you're true to yourself you write about or you talk about stuff that's important to you and you provide that voice for your individual story and i think that's awesome to have and it's it's nice that there's more catch can people telling catch can stories and yeah. reaching people yeah i mean before i don't know how many podcasts like people I have it on Spotify and stuff. I don't know how many are catch again. I really don't. Do you have a number off the top of your head, or do you know I don't. people that podcast? Um, I don't want to say. Well, there's only two. <laughs> you know, I, so I'm not really sure. Based on I, yeah. I've done some search, and you know, even with Alaska, there's there's I not know. a whole lot. Yeah, there no. there are, there are few outdoor podcasts, and I just look at the outdoor yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a couple. Um, I know Tundra Talk has about 108 or so episodes. Yeah, that he's been going for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so well, me and Johnny yeah. started K Town Youth Podcast. We're like, we think there's people here that podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Let's just do it. You know yeah. what I mean? We might be the first, might be the twelfth. Yeah. That's know. the follow through is the big thing. Everybody has ideas, yeah. And then some people then follow through, and then some people follow through once it gets difficult. It gets past that. You're really excited. You're fired up. But to get past five episodes, to get past fifteen, to make it part of the routine, to make it happen, and get to hundred. Um, that's, yeah. that's huge. That's going to be a huge goal for us. What episode are you on? 194. Oh, my I think. Yeah. So We're not worthy. I <laughs> yeah. started in 2017. Oh, okay, so you've so got pretty, a few years. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah. yeah. After right. those, even those 10, ten minutes, yeah. right, just to keep just keep it. schedule, yeah. keeping the... Maybe we, 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 like we can even combine them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the world is in the palm of our hands. Yeah. That's right. you got to have that attitude. Do what you, yeah. you got to right. do. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. We'll yeah. see you guys next time. We'll definitely have you back on. Yes, cool. Sir. Thanks for having me. See you guys.